go again. That music, as always, is the introduction to Two Smoking Guns here on 88.3 Southern FM. Oh, I just love the sound of that every time. <laughs> Hello, Rutsy. How are you? You love the sound of the hives in the morning. I love the hives in the morning. <laughs> you like hives in the morning. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've got a fair bit about hives today. Oh, have you? Yes, yeah, so I've got Now, a... is this about the band, the hives? No, it's this... actually about what comes out of a hive. Oh. I've got a bit of action on honey today. Oh, this is this is your... This it's has my become new... your go-to. It's a bit of an obsession at the moment. <laughs> Because aren't you, aren't you going to turn honey into gold or something, or oh, beer, or whiskey, or something? Or? I am, but I'm going to turn it into better than that. I'm going to turn it into alcohol. Ah, yes, you were saying that. Yes. But, uh, but I, I, and I think uh, you also alluded to me when we had our extensive production meeting for 38.2 seconds today, yes. uh, that um, we can't do without them, and you're going to tell me why. I am. I am. Amongst many you know, other fascinating facts that you learn on this educational <laughs> show today. Well, I'm going to talk to you about uh, some things today. I'm going to tell you why Jesus can't get a kick. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear um, all about that. I'm going to talk about some uh, immortalised AFL players and just where they're immortalised because uh, one of them's just an absolute ripper. Yeah. Uh, I've got a uh, I've got a, a president who's telling all of his people in the middle of the... They're actually uh, they're running second at the moment as the worst place in the world to be and he's telling them all, stop whinging. Right. Good, <laughs> so that's, Good advice. That, that's, that's pumped them right up. Good uh, advice. I may or may not have a, a dad joke, but it's not a bad one. Oh, I've got a ripper. <laughs> you got oh, a yeah. good one? Yeah. Hey, and, and they've been having a punch-up again at the cricket. Oh. The local cricket. Again? You're, yeah. you're all over this. Uh, the clubs were playing a semi-final of Division 1 uh, of cricket. Yeah. Guess where? Not not out your way. Again. Southern Bayside. Bayside. Yeah, they're, they're biffoing, they're biffoing uh, where the waves crashing. Well, that's not that's not, so that's, that's uh, not proper cricket. It's not bright. It's not bright. It's not bright. <laughs> that's hardly just browsing. No. <laughs> that's <laughs> biffing. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so they've uh, Dingley won the game, apparently. Dingers. Down at Dingers. Yeah, and uh, so apparently there a was... A ding-dong at Dingers. Yeah, there was a ding-dong... <laughs> Danger at Dinger. So, um, so Dingley won the game, but a decision apparently by a team-supplied umpire. Don't you? Oh, don't you yes. know that there's trouble when there's a team-supplied umpire? You know what? You know what happens when that happens? So, and yes, apparently there was a uh, decision made by uh, Square Leg. Yes, um, in terms of a run out. Oh, Appar- yes. Apparently, I think he might have been out by about seventeen yards, but he was called safe. Mm, he was they, called home. they are notorious for their eyesight. Some of yes, these umpires. Yes, they're not. Uh, they're they not tend to hire retired gentlemen. No, they're not <laughs> sponsored by a glassless company in any way, shape, or form. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, you're back with two smoking guns, as we said. We're going to talk about. Oh, I've got some interesting ones today. Uh, did you see that? Um, uh, and RIP and, and and still very sad and raw. But Mr. Gadinsky, yes, uh, I, what I saw was a, a lovely thing as a celebration during this difficult time. Was that he's uh, he's into his horses, as you know, and yeah. I think he's got a few with Lloyd and yes. Co. And yes. uh, anyway, he, he had a horse in the weekend that. Uh, that uh, that won. Omen bet. Yeah, so I didn't, uh, back, it. I didn't back it either. So <laughs> apparently, it was paying about twelve dollars. So, yeah. but I'm going to then talk. That got me thinking. Oh yes, as it research. does. <laughs> research. Uh, that got me thinking about. You know, you just hear of these things. You remember the the horse trainer? The other, we talked the other month about the old mate horse trainer who passed away, 
And then three months later, the horse died at exactly the same time. Oh, so spooky coincidences. So, yeah, so, so I found things called weird death coincidences oh. without putting uh, any dampener on uh, the passing of Skidinski. But I just thought I'm going to do that. And and the Japanese aren't very happy about the way that they're being tested. No, you didn't tell me this I'm just going to talk you through the drive-through version of that. Maybe maybe they're not doing it well. Oh, wait till we get maybe maybe they're testing. Wait till we get to that one, as well, they say in the classics. Well, I'll open the batting today. Yeah, go on. What are you going to do? Because this one, this one took my fancy. This one took my fancy. Yes. So, please, um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's here somewhere. It's here somewhere in my amongst my uh, many notes in your filing system you brought with you. <laughs> should I uh, should I just tap dance in the meantime? Well, maybe I didn't bring a little it. bit of elevated music. Oh, no, I think oh, you've got it here. Here we go. It's here in folder number three. Oh, we're going well. Folder number three. Are we out of ratings period. <laughs> what what I liked about this story is it's set in America. Yes. So you know a lot of crazy things happen over. Only in America. Only in America. Only in America. Trooper Mick Rick Morgan. So he's a trooper. Oh, he's. A a trooper, state right. trooper. Yep. I don't have troopers in Australia. No. I don't have highway patrol. They should yep. have troopers. What were the? Uh, didn't we have troopers on the planes that used to carry guns when we were going through all of our really bad terrorist stuff? What? Well, oh, they were mar- yeah, marshals. Marshals, marshals. Marshals. Not troopers. So no, no, we don't have troopers. So trooper Mick Rick Morgan pulled over an SUV going about fifty-one k's an hour and drifting across lanes near Ogden, Utah. I haven't looked up Ogden, but no. it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. Now, he expected to find a driver who was either impaired or having a medical emergency or, yeah. you know, Brahms list. <laughs> Instead, Morgan discovered a five-year-old boy. Oh. Perched on the edge of the driver's seat, his, his feet barely touching the pedals. What? And his head just clearing the dashboard. What? Doing 51 k's. Right. The child had taken the keys to the family car while his teenage sister was having a nap. With the boyfriend. <laughs> he's, taken, he's taken off. His teenage sister having a nap. Right. He made it three kilometres across town before getting on the freeway. Oh, my God. And he told officers that he was planning to make it to California and buy a Lamborghini. Oh, he had three. He had three dollars in his wallet. Aspirational type, <laughs> but they said he was at least driving in the right direction. <laughs> so he'd follow the signs to California. Oh my god! So does he? Does he lose his license for six months? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the repercussions are. <laughs> he can't get his license now till he's one hundred and two. Probably, they're probably going to look at him and say, "Look, he's handy. Let's give him a rally car." <laughs> we might put him on highway patrol. Correct. <laughs> Five years old. Five years. What were you doing when you were five years old? I couldn't even get the billy cart going. I I tell you, you have to be relatively tall, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd have to be relatively tall. It's a long way from those pedals, surely. Yes, it wasn't an F500 pickup truck either. I was going to say, it wasn't a Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) So that was very aspirational of him. He obviously likes his cars. Yeah. Um, Lamborghini's a pretty nice car. And uh, I like his thought pattern that you can only buy them in California. Yeah. Yeah, so he sought it through, no, which I lie on. No, he, he thought, he, he did think well. You know, and he's waited till his sister took a, a, n- a nap. A nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. There you go. I'll open the batting with that. All right. Apropos of absolutely All nothing. Right. So can I talk to you about Jesus now? Please talk to me yeah. about. Uh, so. We're going to be okay with this. We've cleared this. Uh, Buffy. 
<laughs> yeah, no, Buffy reckons it's all right because it's actually uh, factual. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there, there just might be a bit of a play on uh, the great man. Jesus. 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 Um, remember the 1970 tale, probably mythical, where a Hawthorne church posed the question, oh, yes. what would you do if Jesus Christ came to Hawthorne? And the answer was? The answer was? Move Peter Hudson? Yes, to St. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All clear, umpire. All clear. So, mind you, plenty of faithful hawks would have kept Huddo at full forward, at full forward <laughs> and asked Jesus to move up the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester City. Jesus, you can play high half forward. Yeah, you can. Uh, you just go and play on the wing because yeah. Huddo's going all right down here. Yeah. He's kicked 100 last year, so yeah. he might do it again. Yeah. Uh, Manchester City, however, faces that very problem on a weekly basis. Given one member of its extraordinarily high-paid soccer squad is indeed Jesus. Jesus. His name is Gabriel Jesus. 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 Recently, he has solved the problem by starting Jesus. On the bench. On the bench. (laughs) A position Hudson never found himself in. (laughs) Although two goals to Jesus during the week should have seen him keep the splinters out of his posterior. <laughs> what a delightful little story, Jesus, I thought. Just can't get a it's, kick at Man, oh, at that man City. just a beauty. And uh, and while we're on sort of all things sports, because I want to make sure I give you plenty of time for your bees and honey oh, and yeah, bread and whatever. whenever that's coming. It's only interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our leaders, yeah. our listeners might be bored. So if I nod off, <laughs> yes, not off. it's okay. It's okay. Uh, and this is the other one that caught my eye, because I th- thought this was magnificent. Um, so I came across a little article about uh, just said immortalised. So statues of AFL players that have been immortalised. Well, there's a few around the MCG. Yeah, now Scotty. let me just. Uh, let, I'm going to run these past you, and I just I'd like you to just give me an answer. Oh, if that's you, right. you want me to tell you where quizzy. they where they a are? A little. Yeah, don't want you to tell okay. me where they are. Right. All right, uh, the great man Ted Witten. Well, that's outside. Uh, the Witten Oval. That would be the Witten Oval. Ding. Named after. Give yourself a Ted Witten. Ding. Yes. Uh, Bob Rose. Bob Rose would be outside Victoria Park or the Lexus Centre is, when, uh, yes, the the Holden Centre, the Lexus Centre. Yeah, well, Collingwood it might be a bit controversial. Yeah, the Olympic Park. Well, that's so, that yeah, one. The, the they call it various right? Yeah, it's got 100,000 different names. Did I get that one right? Yeah, ding. Oh, beautiful. Um, Jack Dyer. Well, that would be... Captain Blood. That would... Captain Blood, come on. I'm going to say Punt Road. Yeah, yeah. Ding. Yeah, good. Ding yourself. Uh, the great Bobby Skelton. Bobby! Mm, tough one. Would it be at the Lake Oval? Yeah, Lakeside Oval. Oh. Played for South Melbourne. South Melbourne. Yep. Three-time premiership player. Three triple by and low medalist, Bobby Bar-Low. Skilton. Um, John Kennedy Sr., RIP. Well, that would be at Glen Ferry. Uh, incorrect. Ooh. Okay. You can have another crack, but bop, bop. <laughs> yeah, I went that one. Um, yeah. Is that no, that wait, one? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, wow, 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 Park. Oh, Waverly. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. Um, this is... Yeah, gee, this. Gee, gee, that'd be disappointing, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. No, it's a residential precinct. No, he's precinct. in amongst 300,000 townhouses now. <laughs> he's probably a bird statue. Right. <laughs> they have pigeons resting yeah, on him every yeah, day. I wonder if they hope they can get out there and clean him down. Uh, this one might be a bit of a curveball for you. Neil Roberts. Coco. Coco Roberts. Well, Coco is a great St Kilda yes. player. 
Mm. And uh, he's famously quoted for, we didn't have much of a medical team down there (laughs) in the 60s when he was playing. So the team doctor was a dentist. He said he was no good at hamstrings. We we all had very good teeth. Very good teeth. Yes, very Uh, good. So Coco would be, I reckon, at the Junction Oval. He's actually not. Isn't he? Uh, Is that Moorabbin? No. Hmm. He's actually at Melbourne High. Oh, well, that's where he played his football. Well, he's on the he's on the wing at Melbourne High. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yes, he, um, he played football there. Now this one might uh, this one also might get you plum. Hmm. Um, what about uh, the great Daryl Baldock? The Dock. I know the where dock. this is. It's just outside of uh, Launceston or yep. Devonport. Yeah, just outside of Devonport yep. in a little suburb there. Because I've visited it. Yes, because you come off the the ferry. Right. And you go, and it's outside a football oval where he played his footy. You know what the oval is. And I can't remember what the oval is, but I've stood and got a picture next to it. Excellent. It's called the Latrobe. Latrobe Oval. oval. I have visited right. and had a picture with well, the great you, man. You can, have a, you can have a ding because you've got a photo. Right? I know it's in Tassie. You ding yourself. Uh, what about Michael Long? Well, his is outside the MCG, is it not? No, it's actually... Oh, no, it's it's the new Tullamarine precinct, because I did see it unveiled. Which is And it's a huge one. Is it? It's double life size. Oh, double life size. It's huge. Yeah, it's good. It's at, whatever, the Essendon Training Facility. It's called The Hangar. The Hangar. Yeah, so well done. Good for you. What about uh, Louis the Lip? Richards. Well, that'd have to be at Victoria Park. Well, it's actually not again. Is it? Is no, it the MCG? It's, it's, no, it's the Olympic Park one again. Oh, it's so that one. He's over there. Over there. Now, here's the curveball. They don't like any statues in Collingwood. Well, they get nicked or something, do they? <laughs> yeah, they'll get stolen. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't bolt them down long enough. Bolt them down long The great, great Doug Hawkins. Where do you think Doug Hawkins Douglas is? Douglas Hawkins. Well, he'd have to be at the Witten Oval. He'd be at the kennel, would you? He'd be at the kennel? He'd be at the kennel. Or on the would, wing? Would it Would it be... He'd be on the wing? The Hawkins wing? Would it be uh, at, at the Braybrook Oval, maybe? Oh, what are you thinking that? I don't know. Don't know. No, this one's top of the tree. Is it? Yeah, he's immortalised at the Braybrook Hotel. Braybrook Hotel. <laughs> so I've got he's all these. He's probably played a magnificent lot. Magnificent sporting he, venues. He's probably and, played a lot of good games at the then, Braybrook Hotel. Um, and then we have the, 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 the cream of the crop, if you like, arguably. <laughs> yeah, the Braybrook Hotel. I just, the I nearly Braybrook fell out of my chair. It was magnificent. Now, there's a few around the G. There's, yeah, so there's, we'll there's have, it, have, have a crack. Is around well, there. Don't, don't forget, AFL play. Oh, I have so Betty, no, I don't she, think she got a kick last time. She would have been good in the she, AFLW. She, she would have been good on the wing. Probably. Very good on the wing. Um, so it, I'm saying Ronald Dale Barassi. Yeah, correcting. Would, would, be, would be thereabouts. Yeah, he's there. Um, oh, God. Wispy. Or Timothy Watson. No, but the, the other, the original Wispy. Oh, Kevin Wispy. Bartlett. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yep. Michael Tuck, would he be thereabouts? Uh, no. No? No, no Tucky's not immortalised anywhere right. by the looks of okay. this list. He's still playing, is he, Tucky? Yeah, I think so. He's up to about 872 <laughs> now. Yep. Okay, um, well. I'm going to say that there should be a Tony Lockett statue. Well, there's not. But there's not. probably not. Well, there's a Tony Lockett uh, stand at yes. Marvel. Yeah, well, it's an end. Well, it's an end. It's hardly. So, well, huh. well, yeah, but he, it's gets, an end. he gets this much and the others just get some silly yeah, there statue. There should be a statue of Plugger. There should be one. Um, there should be. Oh, I don't know. I'm a bit... Um, right, so I'll give you... What about Hayden Bunton? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, John Coleman? Yes. 
Uh, Lee Matthews. Yes. Oh, of course. Dick Reynolds. Dick Reynolds, yes. Norm Smith. Yes. And the late Jim Steins. Of course, that's a yeah. highly appropriate, given it was yeah. Melbourne's ground. Yep. And then they've just... Uh, and then you get a stand... In, in Adelaide, you get stands named after you. Yeah, I know. Chapel. Uh, Wanganeen. Yep. And then um, they've just named a footpath after um, Neil Danaher the other day. Did they? Yeah, it's called Danaher's Way. Is that on the way to the G? It's part Where they of, do that I, walk? I believe it's part of Birramungma, if yeah. I'm not Where they mistaken. do that long walk for yeah. his, uh, for but his they've, uh, big they, freeze. They had an unfurling of that the other day. I think I saw a picture of him and his daughter there, and it's now called Danaher's Way. Well, that's great news. So I think that's good. But well, actually, just... that's very interesting, all those statue things, because, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you've got to be pretty... You've got to be pretty important to get a statue, don't you? Well, the you other used to, thing used is, to be explorers and stuff that got statues. Well, I find that you get all these people that come to your city as visitors, and they go around and go, oh, aren't they all those statues magnificent? And you go, yeah. oh, what statues? Yeah. And we actually live here. Yeah, that's you know, right. So, that's right. We should go and see more of them. Well, I think we should. I think you should have to undertake your own tourism course or something. Should be, be, we should be able to show visitors where to go. I reckon half the visitors that come here could tell us where to go. Probably right. Anyway. Well, I'll tell you where we're going. Yeah, where? To a break. Okay. And then we'll back after that. Right. <laughs> Victoria, every test we take helps us protect everything we've achieved. And keeps us safe. Every test helps us feel sure about that sniffle. Keep catching up with mates. Go to work safely. And keep doing the things we love. So even if your symptoms are mild... Or you've been tested before. Every test helps. For testing locations, visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. School zones are now in operation, so please drive carefully. On FM, online and on TuneIn 24-7. This is 88.3 Southern FM. So you're back with the two smoking ones. Oh, we're the back. two smoking guns. We're yes, back. we're back. And apropos of the hives earlier, <laughs> those regular listeners to our show will know this little tune, yeah. which we play a lot. It's by a band called The Hives, which is a big favourite of ours on the show. And I wanted to talk to you today about my new pet topic, Honey. Yes, you I've are. Been this banging is, on about this for a little while. This has got your f- complete fascination well, and, and attention, well, isn't it, it? It did because I met a guy who keeps beehives. He's yeah. called an apiarist. Right. Yes. And um, it's fascinating. So he told me all about what he does. He's with hives. There's a lot of fun facts about hives, but they produce three times as much honey as they need. They only produce honey in the summer, so you can harvest it, but you've got to leave some in the winter because that's what they live off. Right. It's eighty percent sugar, twenty percent water. Oh, so they produce it and they, they eat it themselves. Well, they use they use it for warmth. Ah, yeah, yeah, a bit like scotch. So it's <laughs> it's exactly like they they bathe in scotch oh, all of the winter. <laughs> Scotty, eau de toilette, scotch. It's the only food on the planet, honey, that includes all the substances necessary to sustain life, including water. Wow. Honey never spoils, provided you keep it in an airtight container. Right. It has an endless shelf life if kept in an airtight container. Low moisture levels, naturally acidic, difficult for spoiling bacteria to grow. Mm. There's also a special enzyme in the stomach of a bee which breaks down chemicals inhibiting the growth of bacteria. So, good stuff. So, when you get your your honey jar, you know, sometimes, and then you see that sort of white, crusty top, does that mean the air's good? That means the air's got to it. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, As I said, only during summer. Yep. But they keep it in the, the hives during winter. 
gives them energy to vibrate their bodies, creating heat to keep the queen and the hive alive. Yeah, correct. <laughs> They're all shaking in Cor- there. <laughs> correct. Correct. Right. Um, it's it's great for medicinal purposes, uh, honey. Okay. Right. You should yep. always have honey. Yep. Honey and uh, lemon. Antibacterial, um, cuts, burns, infections, ulcers, only known food, which has all the ingredients to keep you alive, water, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, etc. Wow. Antioxidants in honey. It treats allergies. So suffer, sufferers uh, of allergies, like pollen allergies, if they have honey, they can build up an immunity to pollen. So all these people that have hay fever, hay fever and yeah. stuff should get onto honey. Yeah, right. It's a natural soother. It kills parasites. Um, it's amazing stuff, right? Yep. So all this, all this sort of stuff. Um, and what I was particularly interested in is people are now starting to make alcohol out of honey. Yes. Called mead. Mead. Now, mead. Right. You did share that. Mead's an alcoholic beverage. Uh, you've been to Taswija. Yes, because they're starting to make mead in Tassie now. And you know how the gin distillery industry has gone bunter? Yeah. Particularly in Tasmania, as they've come out of the hills. Lots of potatoes. Um, <laughs> out of out of moonshine territory yes. and they've legalised. Yep. Well, mead is the next one out right. of the block, I reckon, because you ferment honey with water and you ferment it with fruits, spices, grains or hops. The alcohol content can range widely, but the defining characteristic of it is the majority of the fermentable sugar in the beverage is derived from the honey. Right. It can be carbonated, dry, semi-sweet or sweet. And they've been making it this way since the Vikings. Wow. So the Viking horns, they yeah. on the Vikings, that's yeah. mead that they've made out of really? honey. Yes. They haven't shared that very well over the journey. So I reckon, <laughs> I reckon this, there's something in this there's mead. Something in this mead. Yes. And it depends what you um, ferment it with. You can ferment it with fruit, yeasts, bacteria, different sorts of things to get a different taste. So, what do you, so what's the what's the infrastructure required in order to produce said mead? I'm going to do a lot more research, <laughs> including some tastings on mead. Right. So that's honey, right? So I, if if you don't have, I like a dollop of honey on my yogurt and my berries in yeah, the morning. Yeah, right. That's good. And um, I think that uh, that keeps me, you know, that's a good thing to do. Keeps you balanced. But that's just the honey. What's interesting about honey in this country is this year bees will produce 120 tonnes of honey in Australia. Okay, sounds a lot. High prices. It's actually, price of honey has gone through the roof, especially manuka honey and other honeys like that. Yep. Um, But that's not the main game because in come, come, spring there's a bee run where all the people that own hives put them on trucks in the dead of night because yeah. they can only move them at night right and they take them up to the riverina to pollinate crops wow so all those yuppies out there drinking their almond lattes yeah their almond milk lattes yeah they don't get those unless the almond crops get pollinated yeah. by the bees right so they are going to pollinize um 50 50,000, well, 120,000 hives are going just to fertilise and pollinate almond crops this spring. So you let them all out and they go and fly around and pollinate. pollinate and then what do you do? Oi, time to come back. Well, they come back in at night. It's their natural homing instinct. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, they, they do apples, melons, blueberries, canola, avocados. A hive 
is worth more than a sheep and worth more than a cow. Crikey. To farmers, right? Yep. No bees means no crops means no food. They're the most important part of the food chain. Right. Now, I've heard this before, but I've, no, I've never heard it explained. Yeah. There's so, 1,700 bee species in Australia, but only the European honeybee is the best for pollination because the others are no good. Right. In Australia, there's 647,000 hives in work and 20,000 registered beekeepers. It's a big business, right? Yeah, it's huge. Big business. business, yeah. As I said, they can only move at night. Um, our almond industry is the world's second largest, 7% of the global crop in almonds. Strike a lot. And we, we produced 120,000 tonnes of almonds last year, Yes, half of which were exported, yeah. but they all have to be pollinated. Right. And there's a guy who's a bee broker. <laughs> He's got 400 beekeepers on his books, and they earn 130 bucks for each hive they rent out per week. He's better than the A-broker, that bloke. Hey, so he's, they're going all right. So I, just, well. so I was reading this. Maybe you need to become a broker, Russ. I was reading this, and I thought, Should a bee broker. A bee broker. And then I read on into the article that it's no good if you, if you don't like bee stings. Oh, it's no good for oh, you. Because right. the average beekeeper gets stung several times a day, and they just scrape them off with knives. Right. And they've built up a resistance to it because right. they've got the toxins in their body. But, but where you and I get bitten three times, we'll be dead. That's about the only thing about it that <laughs> I don't like <laughs> a about bit, it. A bit off-putting. A bit off-putting. But um, I just thought that's fascinating because you think yeah. about that. No, that's... And then someone said to me today... You've got to protect the bees. That, that vegans don't eat honey because... And I'm, I don't know many vegans, so... Because animal... And they, and they can't eat a lot of these crops because they've been pollinated by bees. What? Yeah, someone told me that. And well, I said, we don't go but around they're not, they're not animals. Bees. We don't they're go not around slaughtering bees, well, that's do what we? I, that's what I said. Anyway, um, so there you go. There's a little bit on honey. So yeah. when you're having, do you, do you like honey? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So when you're having your dollop of honey on your whatever. Well, I would have uh, warm milk on my wheat bix and have some honey across well, the top you of can that. Take it. You always, honey's as good as a topping. Yeah, it's a topping. It's good in a smoothie. Yeah, it's good great on a smoothie. In, win- nutmeg, in, the, in the dead nut- of winter, in the dead of winter, it's nutmeg, really, it's really good honey. on. A, it's really good on a muffin or a crumpet oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. About sixteen of them actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. now, so, um, so there you go. I just thought inter- I'd I'm, share that with you because oh, I'm interested in that. I'm in- and I'm doing more research on the mead. Yes, so I'll report I, can, back. I can see the glint in your eye with the mead. I'll report <laughs> back on the mead. Um, I, this just—I I sort of had all these crazy thoughts. But um, have you heard about the, the what the Japanese are, are asking uh, China lately? No, nothing about trade. No, no. Um, so Tokyo has officially asked China. 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 Are we still doing the China? China. <laughs> well, I think it's now China. China from Joe, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Uh, so Tokyo has officially asked China to stop performing anal. Coronavirus tests. Excuse me. On <laughs> Tokyo, <laughs> news break, flashing, so to speak. Tokyo has officially asked China to stop performing anal coronavirus swab tests on Japanese citizens, saying that the test is causing them great psychological pain. So they don't um, they don't probe the nose in Japan. Let me continue, if I may. All right. 
But Chinese health authorities are standing by the controversial testing regime. Some authorities say science-based research shows anal swabs are more effective at detecting COVID-19 than nasal swabs. Right. The invasive procedure was introduced last, last month as part of a strict new measure aimed at containing an expected surge in coronavirus cases around the time of the Lunar New Year when travel typically leaps. Uh, an anal swab uh, test involves inserting a cotton swab up to five centimetres into, uh, into a particular recipient uh, in that general vicinity before gently rotating it several times. Yes. So I'm, I'm just conjuring up... Are the um, Japanese complaining about the rotation? Well, or, or I, I'm just conjuring up... Uh, excuse me, sir, would you mind just bringing your car up? Excuse me, sir, could you please wind your window down? Excuse me, sir, could you please take your pants down and put your anus outside of the car? <laughs> so the drive-through version of that's probably not going to be overly successful. And the Japanese guy said, gee, your drunk driving tests are hard. <laughs> So anyway, uh, they reckon they've got psychological pain. I reckon they've got a lot of other pain going on other than psychological <laughs> myself. But, um, Is that a real story? Uh, I'll tell you what, just tell me that you found that I have got COVID-19 <laughs> otherwise. Oh, you're I'm, there. Can you just check, oh, check my prostate? Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two for one. Thank you, Dr. Bendover. Thank you, Thank you Doctor. <laughs> wow. Is that a real story yeah, or a is it a made-up story? No. Real, 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 real. there's a lot of funny stuff goes in, goes no, on in I Japan. No, I think, uh, well, and you know, they, those Japanese can be a bit wacky. Oh, they they're do wacky. Some of the, they they're do wacky some, dudes. You know what? Have you seen some of their game shows? Yeah, yeah they, things where they sit on a block of ice for oh, an hour and, geez, you know. They walk, just beat the living suitcase yeah, out of each other. And then the last one to pee wins yeah, and all, all that. Sorts, yeah, they hang on for about four and hours. And they hang things off certain yeah, body that's parts. Right. Yeah, yeah, ears and yeah. other things. Yeah, other things. Other, okay. other sensitive areas. Um, uh, maybe the truth of the story is they actually asked to be tested maybe that way. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a new game maybe show. It's a new game show coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I don't know where to go after no, that. I've actually... I, We'd have to go blue, and we don't do it. No, we don't uh, go blue. It's a family show. It's a family and, uh, show. But I'll tell you what, uh, there's one other thing that just caught my attention was that, and I talked at the top of the show about um, the uh, sad passing, obviously, of um, Michael Gadinsky. But yes. um, what it was, was then I saw that uh, the sh- he's got a share in a horse, and it won on the weekend, and his son was there collecting the trophy. The and I thought, was well, called... Um I can't remember what it was called. called. Um, uh, it was called I Didn't Get On It. That's no, what it was I, called. It was, I remember the name. <laughs> anyway, that led me to think, Rutsy, mm. about weird things that have happened after somebody may have passed. And there's some really interesting ones. Uh, the Hoover Dam deaths. On December the 20th, 1922, J.G. Tierney was the first person to die while constructing the Hoover Dam. He drowned while uh, surveying for an ideal spot for the dam. The last person to die during the project was G.J.'s son, Patrick, on exactly the same day 13 years later. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, Then we have the heart transplant. A man in congestive heart failure received a heart from a man who had shot himself. He later married the man's widow. Oh, no. And then shot himself 13 years later to the day that he had the transplant. This is a very small town. So, <laughs> this Surely. is coming back from beyond. That's what is, weird. How weird is that, eh? 
Now, terrible Tuesdays. Alexander of Yugoslavia refused to attend public events on Tuesdays after three of his family members died on that day of the week. But on Tuesday, October the 9th, 1934, he had no choice but to speak as he arrived in France to strengthen their alliance. He was promptly assassinated. On Tuesday? <laughs> Swim at your own risk. In 1985, a guest at a pool party was found dead after he drowned in the deep end of the pool. The party was for lifeguards who were celebrating a season <laughs> without any drownings. <laughs> oh, that's almost hilarious. But um, during his lifetime, Walter uh, Summerford was struck by lightning three times. Four years after his death, his gravestone was also struck by lightning. Oh, hey, really? he's just a, yeah, you know what his nickname was, don't you? Rod. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Mary uh, Curie, the winner of two Nobel Prizes, who conducted pioneering research on radioactivity, died from aplastic anemia due to a long-term radiation exposure after studying it for years and being exposed to x-rays from unshielded equipment while serving as a radiologist during World War I. Killed wow. by the things she was actually given a Nobel Prize for. Uh, Henry uh, Harry Patch was the last surviving combat soldier of World War I and briefly the oldest man in Europe. He died in 2009, aged 111 years, one month, one week, and one day. Oh, that's a beauty. How good's that? At one o'clock? Yeah, one o'clock. Yep. Yeah, five past one was uh, too late. So <laughs> Edwin Booth, credited as saving uh, the life, or at least preventing injury, of Abraham Lincoln's son, Robert, after he fell off a train platform and onto the tracks. Edwin was the brother of John Wilkes Booth. Who assassinated John Wilkes Booth? Abraham he assassinated Lincoln Abraham later. Lincoln, uh, or as they called him in the uh, great movie by the uh, Wayne's World, Abraham. Yeah, Abraham. <laughs> that's right. Uh, only another couple of quick ones for you. No, these uh, are good. Troy, like Troy Leon Gregg, a death row inmate in Georgia, managed to escape from prison in 1980. Only to be beaten to death in a bar fight the same night. Oh dear. <laughs> Gee, that's a rough bar. Oh, that's a... Mate. Is that the bar next oh, to the prison? I want to go back to prison. Jimmy Hesselden, owner of uh, Segway, Inc., died in 2010. Segway, Inc. After this he, will be good. After he rode his Segway off a cliff and fell 80 feet into a river. <laughs> it's believed that he was simply trying to give... More room to a man who was walking his dog <laughs> on the same track. He's gone over the over the oh, cliff with the Segway. Yeah, seriously. Um, wow. So anyway, there's a. Uh, I just thought they were quite interesting little things about. They're spooky though. Aren't yeah, they? Are, some of them are a bit spooky, aren't they? I mean, three times hit by lightning, and then the next time it's still chasing you when you're six feet under. Mm. Hey, how about that? Jeez. Well, very um, spooky, mate. Now I do have to share this with you. Mm. Yeah, the old saying. Um, when one door closes, another one opens. I've heard that. Yeah. Other than that, it's a pretty good car. <laughs> <laughs> that was my little dad joke without announcing it. Was that a dad oh, joke? I thought it was a ripper. Hey. Yeah, one door. Oh, I was just reading. I was thinking, can't be joke of the day. This is actually, <laughs> this is uh, profitable. Um, oh, one, door opens, like other, one door closes, the other one opens, eh? Yep. Right. Yeah. How are you? I'll return what serve. Have, what have you a, got for me? Well, I've, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, 
it's a it's a, an in joke in our family because as you know the dear old dear old dad's uh, his mind's not quite what it was. Yes, yes. Um, I don't want to use the the D word. No, it's um, just. Uh, just but, uh, I did, slowing down a little no, in these had, wonderful I, years. I visited him on Sunday and, geez, had a busy week. Right. Oh, he's done more than Has I he? have. Oh, yes. He's, he's got a whole lifetime going. He's got a whole lot of stuff going on. going on? From, from living in the one place. He's been everywhere, man. Yeah. yeah so so um, I did I did see a little bit of a, a gag <laughs> on the theme that I thought I'd share Not in relation you. to your, your dear father. No. This is an elderly couple who noticed they were getting more and more forgetful. Is yes. the, probably the word I'd use. <laughs> so they visited their doctor, yes. and the doctor told them they should start writing things down so they wouldn't forget them. Yes. It's a sage advice. Yes. They went home, and the old lady told her husband to get her a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> yes. He said, she said, you might want to write it down, she said. And the husband said, no, I can remember that you want a bowl of ice cream. Yes. <laughs> she then told her husband she wanted a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream. On top. He said, okay. you should write it down, she told him. And he said, no, no, I can remember you want a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream. Right. Going well so far. And the old lady said she wanted a, a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream and a cherry on top. <laughs> right. You should write it down, she said. <laughs> no, no, I've got it. You want a bowl of ice cream, whipped cream and a cherry on top. So off he goes in, into the kitchen. He's rumbling around in there for a little while. Um, eventually comes out to his wife and hands her a plate of bacon and eggs. <laughs> the old lady stares at the plate for a moment, looks at the husband and asks, where's the toast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. No. Very good. So, on, the, on the theme. Very, <laughs> the very theme. good. Oh, no. All right, mate. We might uh, whiz a break in and uh, we'll come back after this. Right. Uh, you're back with two smoking guns on uh, on Southern FM. Yep. Um, so yeah, you, you like my little. Oh no, little, I did like that. Like yeah, my little no, gag there a, about the yeah, it was being a... people being a bit. G'day, I'm Rex Hunt. Here's a product I really believe in. We all use it. Can't live without it. What is it? It's water. Now I told you it was a great product. What else has so many uses? Drinking, swimming, cooking, washing, and of course, folks, fishing. But here's the thing. I don't want to sell you more of it. I'm asking you to use less and keep our waterways clean. Otherwise, it'll be a uh, yibbity-yibbity. That's all, folks. The future of water is in our hands. You're listening to 88.3 Southern FM. Yeah, no, it was, uh, the, the, the nice part of that was the, the ledger was square. The ledger was square. <laughs> yes, it was 30 old. <laughs> like the uh, great old... Uh, uh, Great old man, Sandy Stone, the great character of uh, Barry Humphreys. Have you got a word for it when it happens in your 50s? He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was living in the retirement home in a state of bewilderment. Oh, bewilderment. Which is a great word, bewilderment. Yes, it's a lovely word. Um, so, Scotty, I have done some extra research for you. <laughs> oh, you've been very um, busy. I've been busy because you said to me uh, several, several shows ago, in fact, it was last year. It was in the middle of COVID when we were in lockdown. Right. You said to me, we should challenge ourselves on this show. Yes. And the two smoking guns, it was your ambition and aim oh, yep. in life Guinness. to um, have a world record. Yep. 
So I threw a few at you last week. How's your training going? Um, <laughs> and they were all a bit too endurancey and cold. Well, you wanted me to catch something like 3,000 dice or in yes. 30 seconds or something. It wasn't a bad one. The swimming under the ice. Dice swimming under the ice wasn't for you. Well, I'd be dead. <laughs> so, so I've gone and found they'd, they'd have to get the, you know those things you used to pick up the block of ice with? Yeah. <laughs> they'd, just, they'd have to pick me up out of the ice. Yeah. No, right, what do you got for me today? So then? I've dumbed it down. I've tried well, to find. Good. I've tried to find the easiest Guinness World Records. We have to play to our strength. That's right. <laughs> so I'm. I'm going to give you these uh, in order of um, difficult. Well, difficult, easy. The last one I think is easy, and we could do it. Okay. But I reckon we're half a chance at the at the at the first one okay. and the second one. All right. All right. Yes. So this is an actual world record. It is. For a, a, a man who breaks the Guinness record for opening cans with his mouth. <laughs> right? So, an Ontario man broke a world record, but not any teeth, when he used his jaws to bite open 24 full beverage cans in one minute. 24 cans of beer. Chuck Matey. Of course he's called Chuck. <laughs> he's a mixed martial arts fighter. Of course he is. He was recorded on video using his powerful jaws to rip the tops off cans, causing soda to spray all over him. I've been doing it for years as a party trick, he said. And then he took on the world records. He said, one day I was watching this guy, Ryan Stock, doing it. His record was 11 cans in one minute. I was like, I can do that. So he did. And he did 24. So is he putting his teeth under the... the... Hey, he said the most important part of his technique is making sure he doesn't cut his mouth on the torn aluminium. Oh, yeah, <laughs> My teeth are tough, he said. doesn't hurt. So he's actually ripping the head, the top off the The top cat. off with his teeth, yeah. So not even opening it no. with his teeth with the little ring pull? No, no, just ripping it, ripping the aluminium. Oh, pass. No? Not no. for you? It's It's good because Mady's considering beating his own reckons. He reckons, oh, I reckon I could do another five more in a minute. Oh, so not, not, no, no? He'll look, he'll look as though Hannibal Lecter's had him for about an hour. No or from you? No, no from me. All That's right. a no from me. There's a couple of these now that are indoor lounge room uh, records. Well, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. <laughs> right, this is a, a woman who's completed a 40,000-piece jigsaw puzzle in 150 hours. So it's the world's largest commercially available jigsaw puzzle, apparently, of forty thousand piece. Well, we knocked off we knocked off a uh, fifteen thousand piece jigsaw. Yeah, uh, in about six years. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, so this is Max, Maxine. She couldn't have slept. She took on the Ravensburger Memorial Moments puzzle, a ten panel collection of interlocking puzzles. She worked 16 hours a day on the puzzle, finished in 150 hours. She's a puzzle enthusiast, Scotty, as you would need to be. (laughs) You know what they do with the puzzles these days, though, don't you? Have you noticed if you turn the pieces over, they're all colour-coded. Oh, no, that takes all the So you can actually flip them all over and put all the green ones together and all the orange ones, and then you can flip them back over, and then they all sort of... Roughly in the same, in the right spot. Okay, so there, well, you're well, at least you've done a puzzle. I've done no training whatsoever. Yeah, man, yeah, no, I, well, I started it in six pieces, and then I think I did the last piece. Okay, well, so no, no the, bride, the bride had a big crack. You don't have you don't have the patience to spend uh, sixteen well, I, hours a day on no, it. No, I'd rather yeah. build a model than you know do a puzzle. Well, here's one that you could participate in with your bride. Yeah, this is a woman who dressed her husband yeah. in thirty-five t-shirts for a world in one minute. That's possible, right? 
Yeah, it was right. one every two seconds. So the wife helped the husband don 35 T-shirts in one minute. Right? Yeah. Right? So he, this guy, David Rush, he's got a lot of records. He, that's what he does for his job. Right. He and his wife, Jen, yep. previously attempted the same record last year, but despite managing to put on 32 shirts, their attempt was disqualified due to the requirement that each shirt be pulled to the waist around the body. So they eventually did it, and he pulled on 35 T-shirts. He said, Having a helper turned out to be crucial for the last few shirts, as wearing so many articles of clothing restricted the movement of his arms. Which it would do. <laughs> well, you can't put them like, up. It looked like the Michelin Man. <laughs> you now, mean, you know the, so 35 shirts in a minute. That's that's within our reach. You know what the secret is? What? Do you know what the secret that is? Just hold your you hand have, No. You have to get sizes from L... To six L, because oh, as you keep correct. putting on, yes, hey, see, hey, I think this is lit. Hey, this is lit. Your fuse. Oh, I've just. I reckon this is this is you. And I, is, uh, I see what I'd like to L do. L to six L. I'd like to. Yeah, you know, I can see you and the bride going down to Dimmy's <laughs> and buying all these shirt sizes, <laughs> and I'd just like you to film yourself <clears throat> practicing. <laughs> That would be hysterical. So, so it's, it's, yeah, just one every two seconds. I mean, yeah. one, whoosh, two, whoosh, whoosh, one, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Yeah. Well, uh, and it's are there possible. any other rules around that? I mean, no. can can we have a conga line of people holding up a shirt you can, and literally walking walking it up and then just dominant it straight how on? many T-shirts you can get on it. I reckon in. that's pretty hard. I reckon, <laughs> but, uh, I reckon it's the closest <laughs> I've got you excited so far. Oh, there was no more? That's it. I oh. reckon because I reckon that one's doable. Oh, that's that's the doable. I reckon one. that's the doable one. <laughs> you got more chance of making oh, I don't, making grog out of honey than I, I don't think there's any easier world records than that one. <laughs> I reckon that is a very very low bar. Oh, that's hilarious! Actually, yeah. that is hilarious. I love it. So I reckon um, you're a, we're a, we're a strong chance. Well. On that one. Well, I'm no chance uh, if I am to consume, uh, if I actually go out and win a Formula One race, um, I'm no longer going to be drinking um, Moet and Chandon. Well, okay. We've got a changing of the guard. I'll hold you there, but yes. um, I always called it Moe. Moe. And I'm, I'm reliably informed the correct um, pronunciation is Moet. Moet, yes. Moet, Moet et Chandon. Hmm. So that's what I've been told. So I, yeah, I don't know. I naturally I've, believe Maui, what I'm told. Is Maui the, the Australian version? Maui's uh, Maui's is moccasins on everyone. Yeah, well, that's so what ta- that's what the town was named. So after. do we have to call the town Moet now? Moet, <laughs> we have to call it now. Like Tarzay and yeah. Trollgan, <laughs> just browsing and Trollgan, browsing Trollgan, <laughs> Trollgan. There's, there's a sale in sale. <laughs> Browsing in Traugan. Oh, can you imagine if all those wonderful places down on the peninsula there, you sort of twisted all their names around a bit? You could have a lot of fun with that. Oh, well, we yeah. might save that up yeah, for a future yeah, show. Be, uh, bit of geography lesson. The, the, the Yellen Power Station? <laughs> Yellen. One thingy? One thingy. One thingy. Over in the lock? <laughs> one thagai? <laughs> one thagai. That's one right. One thagai. <laughs> In the Luke. In the Luke. And Phillips Island. Larker's entrance. <laughs> Larker's entrance. Mow it. Me pig stomach. So you had me at mow it and Shondon. So what's happened is Italian wine producers are celebrating after Spumanti. Oh, that's the, 
That's the greatest name of all time, is it not? How could you call? How could you call something anything else except spumanti? Spumanti, yeah, because yeah. it's quite alliterative and it, yeah. it describes what it does. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping that not too many people are uh, spumantying uh, hmm. this, but because what's happened is um, spumanti has edged out the French champagne muet. As the bubbly of choice for Formula One victory celebrations. You are kidding. No. Which Formula One, though? So, well, the Formula One. The F1. The the, the racing. The boy Hamilton version. Yes. Not the Formula One hotels. Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know what they are. Yeah, those Uh, cheap and cheerful ones near airports. All right. Yes. The, uh, right. So they're named after a car and they're near an airport. That makes sense. Um, The decision represents... An alcohol. The decision, yeah, represents an alcoholic version of the David and Goliath story," said Corriere <laughs> della Sera, pointing out that only ten million bottles of Trent, uh, Trentagoc sparkling wine are produced each year, compared with three hundred million bottles in the Champagne region of France. Trentagoc, yes. Uh, Ferrari... Not a well-known wine region. Uh, uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, not on my uh, bucket list mm. as such. Uh, Ferrari Trento, produced in the foothills of the uh, Dolomites, will make its debut on the podium at Imola on the 18th of April. It will be served discreetly in the hospitality suites. <laughs> Why Discreet. discreetly? Yes. It's got to come in brown paper bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is spumanti uh, after all. Uh, uh, it serves <laughs> discreetly. I think that means yeah. they're smuggling it in. Hospitality suites <laughs> at the Bahrain Grand Prix this month. But oh, non-alcoholic that, rose water will be oh, used. That's why on, it's will be used on the podium because it's a dry it's country. It's a dry country, yes, Bahrain. Yes. So uh, anyway, you can imagine. So a lot of the uh, the Bahrain princes will be discreetly can, getting on the beers. Can you imagine the sales rep for Maui just coming back, uh, going? Uh, no, we lo- we lost the I deal. I just had a meeting yes. with uh, Formula One. Uh, how'd you go? Our Formula One account. Yeah, you that sign them up. You've that, that we've had for them for ten years. years. Yeah. Uh, not quite. Um, we've lost it. <laughs> we've lost it to spew yeah, Mandy. Yeah. See that box over there? Get your things, fill it, <laughs> and get out. <laughs> That's right. That would not be a good discussion, no, would it? it would not. Be, I mean, who, do we, who do we lose it to? Verve Clico <clears throat> or Bollinger? Spew Mandy, mate. Spew Mandy, mate. <laughs> um, that would just not be a good discussion, would it? I mean, you can imagine... If that was in the 1600s and they'd lost, you know, the, the, sh- the chariot. Yeah, that's right. Your head had just come off. Right. Just, gone. That's right. What do you mean you lost the sponsorship of the chariot race? Sales was a lot tougher back then. You used to get immediate feedback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and you couldn't pick your things up because they cut your hands off as well. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so is that right? So so what's happened yeah, there? Just to the summarise that for yeah, me. Yeah. So out. Uh, Spumanti's in. Mo, Moe's Moe's out. been so, given the Tijuana. No, normally they have the big bottles when they do that, don't they? Maybe it's just for that race. Oh, I don't know. Right. Um, uh, like a no, one-off. But it just, well, it, all it says is uh, ousted them as the bubbly of choice for Formula One victory celebrations. It doesn't actually say whether it's for the whole year or maybe think, it's just because of the do you difficulty think, within do you think that country. Maybe the, the, the gang at Mowat, yeah. which is 
as I understand it, part of the uh, Louis Vuitton uh, empire that I've taken you through before, where they own all the top brands. I believe that to be correct. Um, Do you think they're saying, well, we're a little bit sick of our precious champagne being sprayed all over the peasants? At the F1 races, and we'd prefer the spumante um, well, because we prefer people to drink our moat rather maybe, than spray it everywhere. Maybe what are your the brand doesn't align anymore. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's, prestige that's, of Formula One, yes. Yes. But in terms of the podium piece, hmm. but then if you're going to spill it on the podium, you're going to spill it on the punters out the back in the hospitality tents, aren't you? True. Um, so, so but lose... maybe, but maybe they get unruly and people people are lying on the ground vomiting and they go, "Well, I've had too much Maui." Maybe it's part, not part, as you said, of their brand alignment. I think the brand alignment may have come into question. Hmm. So maybe, or maybe the they're rep... are, maybe they're asking a little bit and, too much well, money. And, and maybe the reps come back and gone, "I got rid of Formula One, but I've picked up the America's Cup." Yes, which is the new thing. Which is the oh, have you spotted I, it, mate? Have I spotted it? Did I not share with you last week? No, well, I, t- I think I, I told you the story that I'd come in off the golf yeah, course. Yeah, the golf course. Yeah. And we were watching the cricket. Oh, I've got stats for you. And the a couple of older blokes come in. Do you mind yep. if we watch the America's Cup? And I thought we'd be seeing some, you know, tugboats going around. <laughs> well, these things are like jet fighters on the water. Yeah, correct. They're unbelievable. Because they got wing keels. We right? were transfixed. Yep. No, oh, they're how right. Fast they, are, they went. They do 100 kilometres an hour. It's amazing. They can produce four times the wind speed as the boat speed. And they've got these alfoils yes. where they now come up out of the water yes, and so. are literally flying. Because and there's no drag. No. The, the drag on the air is less than the drag in and the water. All of the um, sailors, per se, yeah. uh, have to be tucked down in the, in the, in the special booth. Yep. They all have to wear Kevlar helmets. Because if they have a stack, they yeah. stack at 80K. Yeah, that's right. It's You're, like a car crash. Yeah, yeah, you die. 100%. So it's... Uh, and it's, most of them are Olympic athletes. Now, I've only come late to the party. Rowers and... Oh, mate, I'm the same. I've come late I, to the party I, on I, this. I saw a piece of vision of it, but didn't realise that that was now the America's Cup. Yeah. I just thought it was like this fancy... It's like Red Bull racing. Red Bull racing of yeah. yachting or something. Yeah. They are spectacular. It is phenomenal. And, um, Shorter races because yep. they go faster. They tack more. Um, and they superimpose this sort of racetrack grid yeah, that's right. on the water. Yeah. It's actually quite good viewing. Oh, no. So I'm a it, convert. Yeah. If it was on this weekend, I'd be uh, I'd, I'd hunker down and yeah. go, shh. And become the, the become, boat racing. Become like we all do, an instant expert on a sport oh, oh, that you've yeah. never, ever oh, heard of again. Just ask me, it's a bit ask like, me something. It's a bit like every four years you become an expert on the weightlifting. Oh, we, um, we've got to away. Oh, time's got us time's again. Time's got us again, but I will be anyway, watching a bit of the America's Cup. We should look it up and look we, it up. Should, we, we should synchronise our watches and we should... Experts. We should compare notes as to what we enjoyed the most about it. Correct. We'll become, as weddings, parties, and anything There's only one said, more thing to we'll say before we depart. Monday's experts. That's go, what we'll be. Go Saints. Yeah. Well, no, it's yeah. not on for another little while, but... Um, week and a half. Week and a half. Yep, week and a half. 18th, we bounce off with... Uh, I didn't car. talk to you. I went last Thursday. I wonder whether you'd gone. Yeah, good well, to see... I sent you a text. Good to see live sport. Good to see live sport. Yeah, no, that's good. So, uh, yeah, well, 18th, it all bounces off. So. Wheel away. Okay. Um, see you next week. And right on, mate. you have, have been listening time. to, of course, or what have we been listening to, Scotty? The Two Smoking Guys. Correct. Well done. We'll see you soon. See you, mate.